good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the date. Today's the 19th of April, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. Now, James, you sort of famously in 2013 for the state news wrote about, uh, you know, when seniors graduate college, there's sort of this daunting task of trying to find a job Um you know, once you actually get outside of school, it's something that it's even it even happens with internships, right? Did I? Um, you did. So people oftentimes like you need an internship to graduate. I don't obviously as someone who didn't go to school, I don't actually know if it's every single. Can you see my um, face? Yes, I can. I've never been more conf- like we. This is a podcast full of confusion. Uh-huh. Never been more confused. Um, before you go, one. I don't remember writing that. I think I maybe wrote three things for the state news in total, and I remember one of them was about Michigan State scenic campus is good for bikes. Mm-hmm. You did write that. And two, how did you? F- what did? Why did you find this? And how did you find this? So you famously wrote this piece, <laughs> and um, I kind of just wanted to. You know, we're starting to get into the swing of things. Uh, people are about to start graduating, so if you want to, you know, people ask you for advice all the time. If you want to talk to the people a little bit about what, what that happening? process was like for you. Um, you know, sort of how how worried you were coming out of uh, Michigan State about getting a job. What job did you end up getting? Um, you know, how long did it take you? You know, speak to the people a little bit on on what that process was like for you. After I answer that, can I get answers to this whole shtick that you're doing? That's throwing me off. You're James Edwards the third. Did somebody like pass know. this along to you, or did you like just Google? No. I just know. I don't even remember that. A- anyway. Um, I hope this is my message to all students. I hope you did your your dirty work while in school. I was a little worried about getting a job out of college, only simply because it, I didn't have anything guaranteed. But I had a good feeling that because I worked at the Lansing State Journal while in school for two years, that when I got out, I would have a job. And I was part time for the first six months. I actually worked part time as a high school sports writer and part time as a Big B. Um, barista if people don't know what if people don't know what big b is it's like uh i don't know if they have them in other states uh but in michigan it's do they have them in chicago i'm actually realizing i've never seen one in chicago i think it's a michigan thing but it's yeah it's just like a kind of coffee chain it's not starbucks that's it's not starbucks Starbucks, yeah but not starbucks i used to wake up at 5 a.m open and then write stories when games happened in the afternoon um so i hope you did your dirty work your groundwork uh, shook hands, kissed babies, uh, blogged, got internships while you were in school to set yourself up for an opportunity outside of school. I think that's the, uh, as I've talked about many times on here and to many students, when I talk to Michigan state classes, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta get out there while you're in school. That's, I think the biggest takeaway for me from college is not necessarily what you learn in class, but the opportunities that university presents, um, for you to get internships and, and meet sure. people who are successful in the field. Yeah. Now, so can you answer me? It? No, no, no. How did you, what do you, where'd this come from? I have a, a vested interest in your life and your, uh, your, your come up. I don't and remember writing that. That's okay. It was almost eight years ago, so I wouldn't expect you to. Can you send me I that? I doing it years ago. I can send that to you if you'd like. Sure. Did somebody Absolutely. send it to you? No, no. Did you just like Google James Edwards, Michigan State News, State News? I did what I had to do to find what I wanted to find. Right. So how long was it after you got out of school that you actually got a job? Was it immediate? Did it take a few months? Because like my brother, for example, um, I don't remember how long after, but it, I, if memory serves, it took him a, not a considerably long time. I think it was within that year that he graduated, but I don't think he had it immediately. I could be wrong. So what was that like for you? Uh, if I recall... When I graduated, it was within, I still had my job like stringing, but I think within a few weeks or maybe a month, I was hired as a part-time sports writer. And then six months after that, the LSJ slash Gannett did reshuffling and I was hired as a full-time uh, high school sports reporter. So within gotcha. within six months, I had a full-time job. Um, okay. But yeah, I think I did the part-time yeah, for six months. I think when I got out of school, though, I was they gave me part time, and I almost left in between then, because uh, I got an offer to cover high school sports in some city in Iowa, and I was like, "Well, it's a full time job. Like, I should probably take it." My editor was like, "Why don't you just hold tight for a little bit?" So I think they knew 
that they had plans to keep me around. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, like you can go I to can... Iowa if you want. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> I consider you as somebody who seems to be very calculated, whether it's monetarily or physically anything that you want to do. You seem to sort of be thinking two steps ahead. Now, obviously, you have a job right now that I think you like very much. I think we all enjoy you in the position that you're in, and I know that you probably wouldn't trade it for much. However, is there any sense of, I don't want to call it complacency, like, do you think that there's still another hurdle to climb or do you feel like, um, well, I guess with the hurdle to climb thing, like, do you think the athletic is where you want to be for the next 20, 30 years? Now, that's not to say that, you know, you don't want to be there, but is this what you can comfortably envision yourself doing, you know, for the rest of your, your career? If I'm in sports writing for the next 20, 30 years, it would, it, here is the place I would want to be. Um, yeah. There are other places that are intriguing as well, but definitely i think the athletic is the premier sports writing uh, outlet in the country um if i wanted to get into tv and stuff maybe that's a different conversation but as of now as somebody who sees himself as as a writer uh i don't think there's a better place to be do you have those aspirations to be a television personality uh well the tv checks are hit different and it's not you're not staying up until 2 a.m. writing a story. So there's some yeah. uh, more money slash less work in a way. Um, I could see that like as I wind down and maybe have a family. Sure. So like when you do those NBA TV spots, they're they're paying you for that. I don't get paid for those, no. Okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Okay, I, I was, that's what was confusing. Those me are just like, like quick I, hits, yeah. That's what I figured. Okay. Um, all right. So we had a busy weekend of Pistons basketball. Now the – Bad news is I missed both games. I missed the fun Killian game. I missed the Killian to Sadiq pass. Now, you did correctly point this out. I'm glad if anybody did, of course it was you, that I don't think Sadiq got enough credit for the gather and actually being able to finish on yeah. that uh, under the rim the way that he did. Uh, you Walk us through your perspective on that Killian pass because it was going towards where you guys are currently sitting this year. Usually it was like how I'm looking at you. Yeah, I was yeah. maybe – 50 feet from the pass. And is it? are the rumors true? Was there a curve on that thing? Oh, my gosh. I, when he wound up to throw it, like just the initial arm motion back, I'm like, there's no way he gets it through. And then as he wound <laughs> back, he curved his arm. Yeah. And literally the exact uh, angle that only that pass could get through and allow him to put a wicked curve on it. Like it literally was – he could have picked up a 7-10 split. It was mm. – literally a a boomerang when it came out that just whipped around right into and dropped right between Sadiq's legs who had the ability the hand-eye coordination to grab it I think he took a dribble gather and finish under the rim I didn't think when he initially wound up to pass it there was no way just a simple drill linear pass was going to get through Sadiq was outside so I think about it like this, like, you know, like when they tell you in football, like you throw a fade route, you throw it to the outside shoulder. So if Killian was throwing a fade route, Sadiq has a touchdown. The The DBs were on the inside. That was the, the defenders were on the inside and Sadiq was kind of rounding out and he had to put a curve on it. Otherwise, it probably would have just ran straight out of bounds or would have got stolen. Yeah. So um, it was kind of like, remember that movie Wanted that came out curving the bullet? Yeah. basically what Killian did with the basketball. Where does it rank in terms of passes that you've seen in person? Oh, man. You liked that John Luer It's pass. second to John Luer. There it is. It's yeah. second to the John Luer, no look, cut across. Yeah, the cut across the lane, no look under the basket to Andre. Simply the shock of that, that I did right. not think John Luer had the wherewithal to make that pass and two had that in his bag. So if it was anybody else, is what you're saying, it probably Killian would probably be number one. Because I was gonna say Mason Plumley yeah. does that every week. He does that. He throws stuff behind his head every single week. Yeah, that that the lure was was shock factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest thing here, obviously, Killian's kind of back. Isaiah Stewart went insane, and Frank Jackson's uh, my apology tour extends another day. Yeah, he. Which, so, I mean, I, if I had to rank those, um. I would say Isaiah, after uh, the night after scoring or grabbing a career high, twenty one rebounds, twenty one rebounds, tied Pistons record, I believe. 
he turns around and scores a career high, I think, 19 points, 16 points. Um, just it, This was on a back-to-back. And when you get to Isaiah, there's just not much more to say. He's just a guy that has an endless motor. His tank's always on full. He's not – what makes him special – it, it made Andre special, but Andre's also a little more physically gifted than Isaiah is. What makes Isaiah special is the ability to jump twice before a guy jumps once. Yeah. It makes up for his lack of height. It makes up for his lack of just pure vertical jump. Andre could jump vertically, but he could also he also was a pogo stick, and he could get up a couple times before the other guy could. But for Isaiah, it's simply having to read and react at the right time, being able to use – I mean, he's given long arms. He has tremendous reach. But just his ability to read the ball, to get up a couple times before a defender can get up, um, offensively, you saw a little bit more with his post moves. There's more patience. He just runs the floor well. I mean, he did all this scoring these last two games. I shouldn't say all this scoring. Like, it was like 32 points. But for a center, without really – I think he hit one three and all that. Um, he's just active, man, and he just gets after it. And I've said it before. I've written it before. I've talked to people about it before. There are guys in this league who play hard. They ain't Isaiah Stewart, man. I don't – it's just really hard. Like, the closest is maybe Marcus Smart. And I still think Isaiah's – like, Isaiah jogs when he comes off the floor. Isaiah jogs when he comes on the floor. Isaiah jogs yeah. to help a teammate up. I was going to say, no, he sprints to Like, help he, a he doesn't like, walk ever. You don't see yeah. Isaiah walking. It's absurd. 100%. Um, you know, and it was the – I believe it was – who was – what was the game? Who were we playing when Isaiah had the 21 boards? That was Friday, right? Yeah. They beat OKC. OKC, that's because it was the tank fest, right? Because yeah. Thunder fans on Reddit were like, you can't out-tank us. And it turns out they were right. Yeah. Um, It was after that game? Or was it after the, the Wizards game that Casey was like, we need better rim protection? And it, was I had last, a, it was after the Wizards game. The Wizards game, gotcha. I had a few people tag me, and then there was one person who said, uh, all this means, they tagged me and said, all this means is that we're going to get like 10 minutes of Evan Mobley talk. On the I saw cardigan, that. Which is true. So, And, and I you, think that comment, if I had to guess, was more directed toward Mason Plumley. The who, Casey comment, you mean? Who struggled to defend Alex Len And, uh, I mean, Isaiah struggled with Rocco, but, or not Rocco, Rolo, but he was hitting the hook shot that he yeah. lives in. Like, no, have fun stopping that, anybody. Well, on the Isaiah thing and talking about Mason Plumley, I'll just skip the Mobley thing. You guys know where I am on that. It is true. And the, the one, the biggest thing that I said about Mobley, which kind of it's interesting the way that it parallels with Isaiah. Not maybe parallels isn't the right word, but James talks about, um, you know, how Isaiah has this quick second jump. And I've long since said that I don't think Evan Mobley necessarily has the quickest second jump, but he doesn't need to because of the length that he plays with. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I've I've talked about it a few times. I've tweeted the screenshots of Mobley blocking shots where the ball has already left the shooter's hand and Mobley hasn't even left the ground yet. He did it like four or five times last year um, that at least I've seen so far. So um, it's interesting. I was thinking about this today. Of course, I was, yes, walking home from 7-Eleven. And there's always this like weird tension with the fans in Mason Plumlee. Um, and I was thinking back to the beginning of the year when, when you know, you and Rod and Omar, you had to preach the same thing. Patience, patience, patience. I promise by the end of the year, a guy like Isaiah Stewart is probably going to eat up all of Jaleel's minutes. Now, we didn't expect it to be through the virtue of injury. However, that is actually how it happened. So, um, And I think it would have happened then around that right. time anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, that's just how it happened, but it would have happened had he been healthy. Exactly. So I start to wonder a little bit, maybe – um, cause you even like you said it, you're like, I think this team might be winning a little bit too much. So, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if we're going to get to a point where you can't healthy scratch apparently, but Al Horford is a healthy scratch for the rest of the year. So I don't really understand <laughs> yeah. what you can and can't like the Raptors are getting fined 25,000 for resting healthy players. And I'm just like, Al Horford was literally like, I'm good. I'm just not going to play the rest of the year. So I don't know the legality of what you can, what you can't do in the NBA anymore. Right. Um, but I wonder if there's going to be a moment. It's not going to happen if Plumlee's healthy. I, there is no way that it does. Mm-hmm. But I talk to me about that. Not then, this if you think season. That there's a world. Not this season. Okay, right. So that's ex- yeah. ex- exclusively this season. I don't think that that would ever happen. I don't think it's worth it. Um, right. 
So I wonder if we're going to go the Derrick Rose route and pretend that Mason Plumley has a stomachache just to play, which, by the way, it, it does really bother me that if there was ever a game that I had to miss, of course it was the Killian, Sadiq, Josh Jackson, Sekou, Isaiah Stewart game. Or Wayne, oh, when or they all started. The no, it was, uh, of- it was Killian, Josh, Sadiq, Sekou, Isaiah. Sekou. So I was the first thing I said. Right, okay, yeah. so I was right. Um, I mean, come on. I mean, that – and it, it made me happy. Like, you, I think, said something, or maybe it was Rod Vince said something. It made me happy that you guys acknowledged that that's all that we've wanted and maybe we'll shut up for, for the night. Yeah. How was your Twitter that night? Like, obviously, again, I wasn't able to watch the game. Were your mentions kind of up? Oh, that – when happy? I tweeted out the starters, I, I, I don't care about, like, retweets and likes, but just to answer your question, I think it had over 100 retweets and over 100 likes, just me, yeah. Piston starters, names – asterisk Detroit fans and I did like a picture of a kid crumping or something like that yeah um yeah no the the engagement for that game which shouldn't have had high engagement again Pistons OKC on a Friday night was very good on Twitter there's also the night of the Killian pass so that video when I tweeted out that video that blew up um people were very engaged and like you said people have wanted a lineup like that um I think people would probably love to see like uh well, no, probably not. I was trying to work Jeremy in there, but people just want to see anybody that just that can't, that can't drink play. Um, and they were absolutely – I mean, they, they've been wanting to see it. They got it. Um, it was – they had moments, but it, I, I always like to factor in the opponent. But they had moments. Um, I don't – I think we'll see that lineup again. I'll say that. I don't think that's the last time we see that lineup. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see that lineup every couple games. You think as, as a starting lineup or just as a starting lineup? As a starting lineup, yeah. Gotcha. I, okay. I mean, I, okay. the, I, asked, I asked Dwayne the other night specifically, or it might have been after practice, um, just because he's put such an emphasis on going into this summer healthy. Are we going to see times a lot of – are we going to see a lot less of Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee and guys like that? And he said, we'll see, but our goal is to – like, you can only say so much publicly, but our goal is to go into the summer healthy and to give these young guys minutes for this last month. So, uh, reading the tea leaves, I I totally expect to see that lineup. I don't want to say a handful more times, but I wouldn't be surprised if – I mean, there's how many games left? 16? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Let's talk about Frank Jackson again. I – I don't know that there's anybody, any player in the league. Like, if Nico Mannion ended up being sweet, as an example, I would not apologize to him. I would, I would, I have too much pride. I yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. Frank Jackson is a guy that if we had him on the show, I want to look him in the eyes and be like, I was wrong about you. <laughs> You're awesome. And I've, I forgot who it was that pointed. It was Hal. Hal pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. I've said it in the last, like, three episodes. The day that we decided Frank Jackson is not actually a point guard, he became awesome. Do you remember within the first five episodes of this show, I said on Josh Jackson, just score. Don't do anything else because you're not that great at it. Do not try to pass. That's That still tracks, by the way. Josh Jackson still can't throw, like, full court. Well, nobody can. You know what I mean. If I'm in transition, I don't want Josh Jackson doing anything. As he far as some good transition passes, my thing with Josh say that. My thing with Josh, I don't want him to score more. I want him to make the right play more, which is him getting downhill, acting like he's going to attack, and just make the easy read kick out. And that's I think Dwayne's sure. biggest gripe with him. But go ahead with your uh, the rest of your point. I'm sorry. In terms of rebounding the ball, hey, if it comes to him, it comes to him. I don't know that he's ever really in or out of position. They just kind of happen sometimes. Who is this? this Josh Jackson. Yeah. This man can score, right? That's what I said. Don't do anything else. Just score. Frank Jackson adopted this, okay? So instead of just dribbling around trying to, like you say, make the right play or make the right pass in this situation, he just decides, I'm going to score instead. I'm and you know what? Shoot. Yeah. He does it all the time. Had 19 against the Wizards. I feel like it's every single night recently. He's either got 19 or he's got 17 or he's got 15. And it's coming in like these ridiculous spurts, right? So he'll end up with 15 in 10 minutes. He's scoring quick. Yeah. In, in these in in he's it, I love everything about him. It's 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 the epitome of a guy finding his way and no what did the Rock used to say, slow your roll and shut your mouth. Well, mm-hmm. Frank Jackson knows his role and he shuts his mouth. He he knows what he's what he is now. He knows he's an off ball guard who is gonna be the recipient of a lot of kickouts. He's a guy that he knows to sprint to the three point line in transition. 
Um, and he's he was a good he was a good shooter in college. The numbers didn't track in his first couple of years in in the NBA, uh, but he's yeah. he's clearly found that comfort again. He's knocking down spot up shots at an exceptional rate. I think I tweeted before he's in the ninety second percentile, ninety six, ninety first, something in spot up opportunities. Uh, he said last night after the Wizards lost that the three point shot has opened up his ability to get to the rim. And I think, I don't even think he had that many threes in that game. I think a lot of, some of his points were come, came in the paint. Um, it, again, it's just a guy who's figured out what he is at this level and how he can contribute yeah. and where he can get, get in where he fits in. And it's been, it's going to be very interesting for Detroit. Uh, what happens with him? Cause he is still on a two way deal. They still need shooting. Wayne is going to be a free agent next year. And I'm very. I think Frank has done everything that he can to show that he has reason to be um, on an NBA roster, and specifically Detroit, because clearly there's comfort there. And what he's doing right. isn't easy. And I asked him last night, like, you have played as as everybody else played with a ton of different lineup con- con- combinations this season, whether it's due to transaction, whether it's due to health. And he was like, yeah, like that's that's it. Like we're, as a team, we, we've had some of our issues because they're just we're, we're trying to get to know each other, but it's hard at times just simply because things change and the lineups change and health and all that. But you add a you should add like another caveat to what he's doing because he's able he he's a guy who found his way amidst shuffling of chairs. Like it's very hard to find a rhythm and to find your way when things around you are a little bit chaotic. And for him to do that amid um, all the the shift that's happened is is kudos to him on that. Yeah, yeah. I, Frank Jackson, the quintessential embodiment of staying ready. Yeah, is essentially Certainly. the gist of what you're saying here. And yeah. I think and I think um, Wayne rubbed off on a lot of those guys with that because you you see sure. a lot of players this year in Detroit have have all had moments of not playing much and then when their number was called, stepping up for a couple game stretch and and doing some stuff. Absolutely. Um, there seems to be a bit of a hmm. How do I say it? Let me just ask you this instead. You have a pretty good barometer for this sort of stuff. What are your expectations in terms of Wayne coming back next year and running it back at the deadline? I would be surprised. Um, should I give some Bun and Cardigan breaking news? Um, well, I feel like now if you don't, then people are just going to bother you on Twitter for it. So. Uh, I wish I didn't if you, say if you that. Can't, if you can't say it, you can't say it, and we'll speed past it, and uh, nobody bother James about it. I don't th- – so – there, there wasn't because he made it past the trade deadline. People just thought he was gonna. There wasn't always a world in which he wasn't not gonna get bought out. It was, it was possible. Just mm-hmm. certain things uh, needed to happen. So, uh, I think he was open to change after the deadline. If uh, he was open to change after the deadline, if certain things. Uh, played to his favor in terms of where he could go and what his role would be. So uh, what you're talking about is if the buyout market was shaped up in a different way, that maybe Wayne would be receptive to it if a team that he wanted to go to didn't add somebody else in his. Or sort of they archetype. could, or they could um, guarantee him a a certain type of role, and sure. guarantee that he would be a some sort of piece to something, not just be there. As and a, since that didn't materialize, it was something – staying in Detroit was a welcome idea to him. Yes, he likes it here and uh, didn't want to just get out just to get out. Like if sure. he was going to leave, it was going to be uh, for something uh, – for grander pastures and a grander opportunity. Sure. How have the um, how have the fans been in the last, I don't know, month since they've been allowed in the arena? You know, people that know Detroit crowds, like they're a unique bunch. Uh, they say wild things. They they're yeah. loud, and it's it's heightened now with only so many fans. Like you can hear some wild things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's been Detroit. I me personally, I get like annoyed at not annoyed. Like it's your fan, and you paid your money. You can do whatever you want to respectful extent, and nobody says anything crazy. But like the one guy who's drunk, who's just like yelling at everybody while it's quiet, is and he just says something that's just he thinks is funny. That's just not funny. Like I don't miss that because it's yeah. just like awkward. Uh, but yeah, no, Detroit fans are they're all, when I see them, they look excited to be in the arena. They seemed very receptive of this team. Um, I think 
I've talked about this with, I was talking to Sean Windsor, a columnist for the Detroit Free Press. He was sitting next to me at the OKC game. And I think that if fans were allowed in the arena, like normal capacity, I don't think it would be full by any means. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it would be like 75% full. I don't know. I think all I know is I think more people would come out for this team than last year's team. And maybe the team before that um, for like late season, regular season. I think, I think there is a. I think people are seeing what's brewing. I think people can buy into it. I think there are fun, young, exciting guys, and I think people now, especially because they've been deprived of live action events, uh, they definitely would. But even that aside, coming into this year, seeing this team play a little bit, I, I still think they would have done pretty well in attendance. Not great. I still think they'd have been like bottom ten, but I, I don't think it would have been as bad as it's been in recent years. Have you noticed a um, now that there's a sort of more defined sense of direction uh, and and a more um, I guess just a larger sense of optimism within the fan base? Do have you noticed any sort of incline in readership? Like, is there a noticeable the opposite? Um, is that right? Yeah, um, I was telling somebody this the other day. Usually around this time, um, it's dead. Just simply after the trade deadline, when the Pistons are usually not in the playoff hunt, and or it's people are just ready for draft stuff, and people are just ready for the draft, or they're turning their attention to baseball, um, turning their attention to the rest of the league. Like usually around this time in normal circumstances, it's not anywhere near what it is at the start of the year or around the deadline. Uh, but this year, and I and I've I think I've said it on this pod, or I know I've said it to like Omari and Rod, we were. From a journalist perspective, it's almost you don't want to wish you don't wish injury on anybody. But Killian being out for the beginning of the year and coming back now at the final stretch adds people are going to be invested in sure, in him and sure. watching him and reading more about him um, as guys like Isaiah and Sadiq continue to develop like they're getting better at the end of the year. And yeah. that's it's kind of like a progress report. You know, when you when you invest in young guys and you invest in a young team. You watch the the goal is to see gradual progression throughout a whole season. So now that they've shifted young, people are still invested because they want to see how these guys have improved from start of the year to now. But in Killian's case, people were deprived of Killian for 41 games. So now they're tuning in to see uh, what he's about. And with a month left, that's usually not the case. People are usually tuned out uh, around this time. Sure. And I think, um, listen, what he's been recently um, has sparked a lot of it. Look, he got on Bleach Report. That's a pretty big deal. He's been back for like two weeks, and he's back. He's he's on Bleach Report. That makes everybody happy. Um, Koo brought up a really interesting point. Uh, the new host of Locked On Pistons. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that at this point. But he brought up an interesting point. He said, uh, "If Killian, in his peak, was Mike Connolly, are you happy with that?" They should be. I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking absolutely. The answer should unequivocally. Be yes, a, I, a starting point it, guard for double-digit years who was only not a multiple-time All-Star because he played in the conference that had the Hall of Fame point guards. You know why I wish that this ends up being true? Because what was the biggest drawback from Mike Conley? He got a lot of assists taken away from Marcus Saul. Sorry, uh, by Marcus Saul because they ran a lot of the offense through him, and he didn't get a, so, and he didn't get as many assists as he probably should have too because he never had shooting around him. Right, and that's sort of. So if there's a parallel here, oh, Killian Hayes is Mike Connolly. Who's going to be Marcus Salt? Evan Mobley. There's your Evan Mobley. Boom. We bring it back full circle. That's how we bring Evan Mobley into this show. Isaiah Hayes, Stewart is going to spoon feed you beef stew. Well, I just mean because Evan Mobley's a better passer. Do I we, think he's a better we playmaker. Yet? We don't know that yet. We yeah. do not know that yet. No, you are 100% you. correct. I, feel like, I, I know what you're saying. a lot of things about it. There are a lot of things about Isaiah Stewart that I have learned this year that I did not know at the time that he was drafted. I can't really say the same thing about Killian or Sadiq. Isaiah has sort of had the um, the, the most tools in his box that I didn't actually know about. So in terms of who's a better playmaker today, I Evan Mobley. Who's more likely to get tennises? Evan Mobley. Yeah. Is that going to change in five years? Yeah, absolutely it could. But as it stands, I'm just for the sake of a parallel, I'm just going to go with Evan Mobley. That um, is an interesting plus- point you make, though. Isaiah, and we've talked about it a bunch. Isaiah... Let's take the the three first round picks. When you examine Isaiah from when the Pistons got him, he's exceeded pretty much every expectation you had from him. Yeah, I would say Sadiq. You knew he was a three and D guy, 
but you didn't know that he would be ready to contribute right away at the level he has. So that's a yes. little bit. I, I wouldn't say Killian is, did anything that surprised you. I think he came as advertised, a high IQ player, great passer, a guy defensively who could probably be really pretty good right away, in which he has been. I think he's been even – I'll give him that. He's been even a better defender than – labeled as even though he was labeled as a solid defender coming into the draft I like what people said like I don't it's not that he doesn't go right he's gone right in Detroit it's that he doesn't when he gets right he still finishes with his left like he's come as advertised and you can see if he reaches his potential why he has the highest ceiling um, and then but Sadiq is a guy that's you didn't know you knew he could contribute but you didn't know how mm-hmm. le, how high right away and Isaiah's turned um, all heads so I want to play a game with you can I just say really yeah. quick? I just want to. I just want to add to that final point, because um, you are completely right. So here's what I wrote the night that he was drafted. Okay, I, so Isaiah? this just goes. To, yes. So the sort of in the tweet where I did my hey, we just drafted Isaiah Stewart. Here's what I wrote: With the 16th pick in the NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Isaiah Stewart, a more traditional big who possesses tremendous efficiency at the rim, big bully ball guy, adds front court depth, front court front court depth for a depleted Pistons team on board with it i was flat out wrong about him being a traditional big so that yeah just, he blends just he blends say, it well right blends the uh, new and the old school well i just didn't know again just to go back to the points that we were making that he had this much in the back with killian we kind of knew with city we kind of anyways you have a game uh which goes hand in hand with a story that is releasing the day that this episode releases and what we're talking about so the fact that I think last year I did it in the summer, like I, I ranked Detroit's young players slash assets. They didn't have very many. So it's not, it wasn't as people were curious because they don't have many. And when they have their young assets, they want to know like what, who's worth what, who's the highest value of those. So what I did, and if you're listening to this, go to the athletic and check it out. I ranked the 24 and unders on Detroit's roster. And people, if you, if you haven't had a time to stop and think about it, Detroit has 11 of those are you okay keep talking are you having a heart attack um you're smiling a little bit so i feel better i was generally concerned a second ago yeah i um keep talking keep okay. going with what you're saying um detroit has 11 24 and unders which is i mean night and day from how this franchise has been um put together in in recent years so I decided to rank those in order in the ranking is there was two um, not specifications, but two qualifiers to how I did my ranking. One, what have you shown so far this year and two upside. Um, so I'm not going to reveal how I ranked them. You're going to have to go read that and check it out. But I'm going to ask you, I'll read off to you the 24 and unders and I want you to give me your list of how you would rank them going forward and while factoring in what they've done now and what they've shown you. Are you in the? Yeah, sorry. Are, are you able to talk? Yeah, I was. I have heart palpitations all the time, okay. and I I had one where my heart just kind of stopped for a minute, and then while it was doing that, you ever go to Google and type "do a barrel roll" and the entire screen will flip around? I literally felt like I was sitting what? still, and my like everything in the room like did like a three sixty. So I didn't know what was happening, and like then my heart started slowly beating again, but it was like really aggressive. So I'm back. I'm back. I know the game. Let's play this game. If, hold on. If, if I go to Google and type in "do a barrel roll," the screen will go upside down. Do it right now. Will it, the whole screen or just the Google screen? Do it right now. Okay. This is I. I'm, so I'm shocked that you are tw- you are 29 years old. And you did not know that that you. I'm pretty sure you can even do it on your phone. I'm good now, though. By the way, everybody, don't good. worry. Thank you for 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 checking in. Someone, do... If someone could actually explain to me medically why that happens, that would be great. What the hell? There it is. James figured out do a barrel. All right. If you want to start listing off the uh, so basically what? what you just saw your screen do, that's what just happened to the room around me. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're healthy, um, and I'm glad you're alive to tell me to do that because I've never heard of the barrel roll thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I have the list right here in front of me. Again, uh, go to The Athletic. Check out my rankings. I, I broke down why I have them there. Like it, Again, it's broken down value for the Pistons going forward, kind of factoring in if you were going to trade one of them, what could bring back the best value right now, um, their significance in the, in the totality of the roster going forward. I had a fun time putting it together, so I think you'll enjoy it. All right. 
here we go. Sadiq Bey, Tyler Cook, Hamadou Diallo, Sekou Dumbuya, Killian Hayes, Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, Sabin Lee, uh, Davida Servitas, Dennis Smith Jr., Isaiah Stewart. So out of principle, I have to put Dave and So let's Dennis. start at the bottom. Yep, Dave so, and Dennis are they're the last two. So 11 um, and 10? Davidas yep, 11? Savitas is 11 um, because I don't need to. You don't to. have to explain, yeah. So Dennis Smith Jr., the only reason I'm putting him at the bottom, if we revisit this in six months and he's still on the roster, I will adjust it accordingly. But right now, I don't want to put it too much time and effort into into the consideration solely because I do not believe that in three months he will still be on my basketball team. So do you think? Um, so you think Dennis has less value than Tyler Cook? Fact. Yes. Of, okay. Just just I didn't I, want to make sure you I, didn't forget his name. I do. No. I, I. I. If what's funny is Tyler Cook was the name I planned on saying next. Okay. And that's not a slight towards him. I actually do enjoy him. I think. Um, the one thing that I knew about him when he when we signed him to the two way uh, was that he, had, that he had bounce, and I can think of three specific examples so far. I think even one last night uh, where that was on display. That's one thing I really like about him. I think he's a high energy guy, and I I always yeah. want those guys on my basketball team. He's just another one of, of those instances where um, you know I what he not, is. He's a high at the at the best. He's the end of a rotation high energy guy. Sure. And, sure. Yeah. So like like the way Rashawn Holmes was in like Philadelphia. Like Early he did on. and now that that's not to say that Tyler Cook is Rashawn Holmes. I mean, in, in principle, a guy yeah. that you kind of don't know, but when he plays, he's gonna give you some minutes. Yeah. Um I forgot when we because we guaranteed him, wasn't it a multi year deal? So isn't he actually gonna be on this team next year? Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's a multi year deal, but it's not it's not guaranteed if, uh, if he could be I waived. Recall. Yeah, he can be waived. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I figure with three draft picks coming in, it's possible. Uh, he's probably going to end up getting waived. So, once again, just for the reasons that I laid out with DSJ, we're going to put Tyler Cook at the bottom. I do like him, though. So, we have nine. Um, we have 11, Davidas Savitas, 10, Dennis Smith Jr., 9, Tyler Cook. Number eight. Do you need me to read off the names again? Can you can you please read off the names? Sadiq Bey. Leave out, like, Killian and Sadiq uh, and all that. All right. Leave Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, yeah. Saban Lee, Josh Jackson. Josh is going to go, what is this, ninth? This is uh, eighth. Eighth? I like Josh at eighth. Wait. Tavides, DSJ, Cook. Okay. I like Josh Jackson at eighth. The the thing oh, that sort of Lower than makes, Frank. The thing, I'm a big Frank Jackson guy What a guy 180. Now. The thing it, that comes with Josh Jackson and, and before you go further, I'm not going to correct you, not correct you. I'm not going to tell you my reasoning for why a guy should be higher because right. I want people to go read it. So I'm just going to let you exactly. go here, and we you can when my when you listen to this and hear Nick's list, you can go compare to mine and check sure. it out. You can play a little devil's advocate, like, "Ooh, you wouldn't push Josh lower uh, yeah. or higher for this." You can do that. Um, the thing that makes me want to bump him a little bit is because I do think that there's trade value that comes with him. Now, what exactly? It's hard to quantify what exactly that could be, but I think it's a second without question. Um, even if that's a second four years from now, I think that Josh Jackson could net you some draft capital. I do not believe that is the case with Frank Jackson. So that's kind of where I'm I'm at this impasse a little bit. Um, in terms of offensive consistency, defensively, I'm never really – I've never been um, – blown away by josh jackson sometimes he'll you know he's a i don't want to call him a ball hawk ball hawk but sometimes he'll you know he'll jump a passing lane or two and sometimes that's cute but offensively is primarily where i'm going to get my 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 yucks from watching uh him play so do i think that what he brings to the table is is better than a guy like frank jackson because i feel like that's what this spot ultimately comes up to it's either frank um or it's josh maybe you want to throw Saban in there but i would not um I think just in terms of consistency, I would put Josh at this is eighth we said or yep. ninth, eighth, eighth. I'm gonna put Josh at eighth. I'm gonna put Frank Frank at seventh just because the I think the only things that both of them are really good at is scoring, and then everything else is still up for uh, I guess development if that's what you want to say. And I guess all right. So I just I'll uh, counter what I just said. I, to your point, uh, I don't remember where I had Josh. It's not much higher than where you do um but i do think the way in which they score puts josh above frank josh i think josh just the fact that he can create for himself even though it's it's so hot and cold that's fair frank needs setup 
That's totally fair. So, but I, but this is your list. So all right. So we have Frank. So that was seven. So that now seven. we have six: Sadiq Bay, Hamadou Diallo, Killian Hayes, Saban Lee, uh, Isaiah Stewart. This is where I like Seku. I forgot Seku. I like Seku at six. Um, I think just I, honestly, here's what I'll say about the points that you just made about Frank and, and Josh. I think that is a tremendous point, and if I could do it over, I would flip it for that exact reason. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it because I do still I'm putting believe you what on I the said. spot. I I I made different variations of the list because well, as somebody as I thought yeah, about it more, as somebody who is notoriously bad. Uh, with off-the-cuff stuff. Very well documented on this show. I'm trying to get this as best as I can, and I don't want to walk anything back. I like Seku at six just because, in terms of rawness, I I kind of hope Detroit doesn't get anybody um, of that ilk for a while. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to get to a point where the timeline that's been laid out is within the next, I'd say three years from now, is when Detroit is expected to kind of get the wheels off the ground a little bit. Um, if not, they'll be at a pretty decent altitude. So I don't want to draft another guy like Seku because I don't know where that would fit in the timeline. But given where he was drafted, hopefully by the time that we are actually quote-unquote good, uh, he'll be where we want him to be. We've seen that in the last like two weeks. There's like some weird confidence going on with Seku. I don't know what's going on, um, but he's attacking a lot more. Um, I feel like he's feel, protecting the offensive feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's protecting the ball around the rim a lot better than he did all last year. Using his body the, more. The one thing use use your body to shield the basketball. That was the thing that drove me insane last season was watching him get met at the rim probably more times than anybody else in the league, and the guy only played like at what 40 games so or it was 35. him and Sfee going for the mm -hmm. uh how many times can i get my shot block title and there's been very noticeable improvement you'll still have those moments where he's just kind of spotting up somewhere and you kind of hope he gets the ball i don't know that that's something i'd slight him for but considering the guys in front of him right now um this isn't i guess well upside is something to factor in here i forgot that that was the one of the little stipulations um I still think it's difficult to figure out where he can go. I people loved the Siakam comp. I'm not there, so we've been actually like, pretty in lockstep with how I described my ranking for Seku and what you're saying. This is interesting. So obviously, you won't tell me where he is. Give me a wink if 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 he's actually at six and six, and then I'll just keep going. Uh, I he's around there. I around I can't there, look okay. at the file now because it's scheduled for tomorrow and i can't get totally back in. fine yeah i'm gonna put seiku at sixth i'm gonna put saban at five okay i'm gonna put saban lee at five here's the let me give you one thing i don't like about saban lee if we were to do a power rankings the things that nicholas hinkle hates about watching basketball fouling up three um small guards doing their under the basket baseline stuff that makes me really mad. There's something else in there. I forgot what it was. Oh, then uh, the biggest thing is pumping at a, at the pump faking along the perimeter and throwing your body into the defender mm -hmm. and pretending that it's a foul. Um, it drives me insane. I hate it when Ish did it. I hate it when Corey Joseph does it. Um, when Saban does it. When you run the baseline and just run around the basket, I hate when small guards do that. But the feel with which Saban Lee plays the game of basketball um has been such a tremendous joy for me to watch i wouldn't i don't know that i'd necessarily call him a game manager i don't know he's not there yet i think that that's something that's in the cards for him though he reminds um, me of like a 90s point guard a hundred percent and i also think one thing that we haven't seen in a while from Saban lee is he hasn't tried to kill anyone in a while. He hasn't tried to, you know, blow up on anybody at the rim. Unless it's happened in a game that I've missed and no, I just he hasn't done it in a while. Or... He, he actually uh, did the opposite on the defensive end. Um, not Kyle Guy. What's the what's his uh, counterpart in OKC? Uh, went to Svi. No, I get Kyle Guy Boku? and this guy mixed up. No. Oh Kyle Singler? No. <laughs> no. Um, I'll let he you think pinned, about it. Yeah, the dude was uh, – holy cow, why can't I think of his name right now? He was driving and, like, just ignoring that Saban was to his left and just tried to lay it up, and Saban just smashed it off the glass. Mm. He got up and smashed it. I think that the athleticism is another thing that he plays with. Really, he just – I mean, he just jumps off the page. So – 
going into the draft, I remember, well, coming out of the draft, one of the things that uh, I had said, which people still will pull on me for some reason, even though I very clearly said what I meant. Ty Jerome. I, Sorry, sheesh. Ty Jerome. I think you said that you would give him a bucket. Yeah, I think he was on your list. He's getting a bucket. Or maybe I'm thinking he's of winning. Lyles, I don't he's remember. winning. He's not as bad as Kyle Guy, but he's uh, mm. he's getting a bucket. He's on James's list. Um, I like Saban at five. I feel like I've been just kind of rambling about it. I'm going to put Saban at five. I'm going to put Diallo at four. Hamadou Diallo has been everything that we have wanted Seku and Josh Jackson to be. And I, when I say that, I guess that was more so in the first maybe two or three games that he played. When he was more efficient from three than he had ever been in Oklahoma City. Uh, when he was attacking, when he was drawing like what felt like four and ones a game. And that's still a thing. He's able to create and absorb contact really, really well. And that's underrated really passer. Like. He's a better, when he's getting downhill, he's better than Josh at making the right read. If he yeah. doesn't have it, he'll kick it out or he'll find somebody rolling. He's a, he's an underrated passer. Uh, Hamadou is, I'll just say this and I'll shut up. I'll let you keep talking. Hamadou is a jump shot away from being a starter. He is so massive. Like it, it blows me. I know we've talked about it. I yeah. texted you about it. Just watching him stand in the corner, I'm like, you are one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. See, in my I don't life. think he's as big as you. Like he's oh muscular and he's ripped, but like he's not like Sadiq is big. I think I on TV. I swear Sadiq's to God, Hamadou, whatever, man. Um, I really like Hamadou. Everything when he got traded to Detroit. Um, you want to talk about value? In terms, you know, if how their trade value could impact this list, I feel like Svi in a second rounder is probably. I don't want to say it's the first. best. That's, it's equivalent to like a late first. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the guys ahead of him if they could get anything better than that. I think that they could. I don't know if that's true, actually. Dude, I, you talking about I, the rookies? Yeah. Do you remember Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay? Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, did forget about that. I'm sorry. And I, and I think I I've said it on right. here that when the Pistons drafted Isaiah, they had uh, offers, first round pick offers. Yeah, and that was first. before he played. The, and those seconds are the same thing. And there was interest at the deadline for Isaiah and Sadiq. Those late firsts could might as well be seconds to me. I don't know they, if they were late firsts. I don't know what first, but I got the impression that they weren't terrible picks. If they were, I mean, they weren't lottery picks. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So you're right. I'm wrong. I, I The Bagley thing blows me out of the water. I forgot. You're right. I'm wrong. Um, I can't believe that. Troy Weaver hung up the phone. He said, Bagley? No. No way. How did I forget about that? Um, so you have how many at four? four? Or four, yes. I'm going to put this, this is, is this is the what people are waiting for. Um... I already know who's number one. It's it just it's a it's about who's two and three. I am very tentatively, very tentatively. I might switch these. I'm gonna put Killian at three. Okay. Because what they've done this season does matter. Yep. This is it's interchangeable. I think two and three. Personally, I believe number one. Uh, I I don't know that it can be disputed. Hold on, it's happening again. I'm having like a. Do I need to call the my, my Chicago eyes. PD? This is really weird, um, dude. I've been so grumpy today. My favorite pizza place closed down, and I just don't know why I live here anymore. I'm really mad about it. I hate this city. Yeah, you should have moved a while ago. It's funny because it's a New York pizza place. It's not even Chicago. Oh really? It's um, better that yeah, way. Yeah, if actually because some people live Chicago around Chicago pizza is lasagna. It's literally terrible. It's tourist pizza. Yeah. Um. It's it was called Gabriella's. It was on Diversity, right off of Brown Line in Lakeview. If anybody, if any of our Chicago listeners know where that is, actually, well, actually, no, your sister's never gonna get to experience it. It's gone now. Anyways, Killian's gonna be at three. I think we've done a a decent service to why we talked about Killian, about Killian and the rest of these guys a decent bit mm -hmm. in this episode. So I don't think I need to explain it too much. I don't hate. Thing, I don't hate where you have Killian. I think he carries the most upside. But I agree, mm -hmm. him reaching the uh, uh, his upside, um, essentially him developing as a scorer and a shooter will propel him high on the list. But if he doesn't reach there, then you're wondering what his trajectory looks like. You want to talk about what I love the most about Killian? 
we always, you know, we preach about his passing. I think people have done a really good job talking about his defense. I really do. People had a lot to say about Reggie hitting that game winner on him. You know, it kind of is what it is. That's a vet on a rook, whatever. Um, that's Killian definitely was playing for the drive. Yeah. A little too relaxed. So you'll never, I feel like, ever, ever see Killian late on a closeout. He's always with his man. He doesn't get lost. I feel like he's always in the right position. He's best screen navigator defensively, of course, uh, that the Pistons have. The guy is a lightning rod. I've said it many times. He has two things already he can hang his hat on. He's already ahead of the curve defensively, and I'm and I'm not just comparing him for a rookie. Like he's a pretty good defender for an NBA player already. Yes, and he's a yes. tremendous passer. So we're gonna put Killian at three. Now, when I say two, people are gonna automatically know one. So should I just say one and give them the credit? Just go say two and one at the same time, and why you went with one over two. Isaiah's two, Sadiq is one. Okay. I think I uh, listen. Omari pointed it out. Um, I'm sorry, Omari, I wasn't able to read your story, but I saw the tweet uh, where he said that he had done the math, and if this was a regular 82 game season, um, Donovan Mitchell's record, rookie record of hitting 187 three pointers inside of a single season, was in jeopardy. Because Sadiq was on pace to hit 182. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to happen. They're playing 10 less games. So unless he goes on this Steph Curry streak over the you know over these next few weeks, which by the way I tweeted this, Luca hits that game winner against Memphis. Yeah, and everyone's like, I, that was one of the greatest shots I've ever seen in my life. And it took Steph 24 hours to hit a better one. Yeah, Steph had Twitter on lock last night. I'm sitting there waiting I, for Pistons Wizards post game to wrap up, and I'm seeing everybody. Steph's crazy. Oh my gosh! I'm like, Bro, yeah, I just want to watch Steph. I I get off work and I get on the train and I'm like, what's going on? And I see that shot that he had, he hit left handed, looking at the bench, in air, hung his right I, hand up. I, I, yeah. I after shooting I, left, I, it was crazy. I've never seen. I, I anyways, um. With Sadiq, listen, I have this philosophy that I feel like James has debunked on multiple occasions that wings win championships. They're definitely Um, important. I feel like you want to draw it back to the Mike Connolly comparison and why Mike probably missed out on a lot of assists because guys were missing shots. Coincidentally, it does feel a little bit similar with Killian that people will just pass up his dimes or they'll just flat out miss. And it's really, really fr- I have never gotten mad the way that I get mad <laughs> when people miss Killian assist opportunities. Like I get pissed. Um, it's so funny. Like I, that's the one thing I miss about being like a, a true sports fan. Like this job kind of sucks it out of you. Like, I still love sports, and I have, like, my soccer team that I root for like a maniac. You're wearing a hot Spurs? Uh, I am right now. Is that a quarter zip right now? No, I can't it's a tell. jersey. Oh, it's a I just have a flannel underneath. on. It's sure, a jersey. Yeah. yeah. No, jersey. Sorry. It's just a, a flannel. Yeah, no, shout out to Tenge and Dambele and Dembala. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, I miss that, where you latch on to a rookie. Like, I, it was, for me, it was like Joey Harrington as a Lions fan mm. when I was a kid. Yeah. And, like, when he threw an errant pass that, like, a guy was able to get his hands on because just somehow miraculously get his hand. I was like, you got to catch it. Hit you in the hand. You got to catch it. Like, you just yeah. – you you look – you want that player to succeed so bad that you get mad when somebody doesn't help them succeed. Even if sure. it's their – I'm not saying in Killian's case is like, an errant pass like Joey. Joey was trash. But I know what you mean. Like, you want any Killian – you want Killian to have 50 assists. One, I tweeted the other day, which was <laughs> – I, I miss that about I, being a sports fan. I, I, I've, in the moment, I felt every every bit of it was true until I hit send tweet, and I was like, all right, settle down. No, I get I it. Said, I said Killian Hayes will 100% break Scott Skiles' in-game assist record of 30 assists. Is that why somebody tweeted Scott Skiles at me today? Oh, is that why? I don't Maybe know. Somebody, I, I just yet. looked at my mentions. I was just scrolling to make sure I didn't like reply to some – Buddy that said something thoughtful or anything like that, or just yeah. A, and I saw, I just saw Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles. I. This was another tweet that I sent out the other night. Was very felt very overly confident. Thought about it. Was like I should probably delete this. And I was like I'll wear it. I could be wrong. I'll wear it. I said the Detroit Pistons have two locks for first team all rookie. Coincidentally, those guys are one and two on my current list right now. I do not think James Wiseman should make first team. No. So what, LaMelo, Halliburton, is Anthony Edwards getting on? Yes. I don't know. Probably. So then it comes down to Jay Sean Tate, Jay Jay Sean Tate, 
Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bey. We missing the, anybody? Matt. The second team guys, I think yeah. you can debate, but you might be debating a wall. Yeah. I, listen, one of them's going to get on. I think the the maybe the little bit of a stretch is saying that we have two locks. I think we have one I, lock. I think one of them gets on. It's just a matter of, and if not, if, if one of them doesn't, they're going to get on second team, and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Um. So if we can hang our hat on anything, maybe most improves out the window, but those rookies are there. Let me ask you this. If there was a defensive rookie of the year award, are we seeing that in Detroit? Um. Sh- surely have to go to Isaiah. I'm trying to think of other rookies. I think he'd, he'd have a, a really strong case, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anybody else. Off the, I also don't get to. See, it's tough. I, like, so I don't want to vote ever because I just, I, I don't get to see everybody all the time. You know what's funny? I I had never. Maybe he has, and I I'm I, I'm naive to it, and I never paid attention to it before. You know what I really respect about you is is that you've you have very strong convictions about not wanting to vote because yeah. of reasons that we've talked about before. There's a lot of money involved. People should take it really seriously. Zach Lowe talks a lot these last few weeks about, like, he, like, loses sleep over, like, oh, no, I have to think of the most improved list. Yeah, like, I people, forgot. You, like, should, I have you to... should take it seriously. Yes. Money is involved. Yeah. In, Absolutely. And in, in turn, people's livelihoods, yeah. I mean, of course, if somebody might miss out on an extra million that makes $40 million, like, yeah, I, I get it. But it's still money that you want to make sure, like, you want to make sure you get it right. I texted you the other day that I was pretty sure that Josh Hart's not actually coming to Detroit. Yeah, let's and put a bow on your list really quick. I was going to get back to no, it. No, I don't want to. No, because I want we can talk about the Josh Hart thing. I, so you went okay. Sadiq, Isaiah, Killian, yep. Hami, Sabin, Seku, Sabin. Frank, Josh, Cook, Cook, DSJ, DSJ, Servetus. Okay. Anything agreed just there? Anything that you, anybody that you, you don't have to say where or who, but was there any player that was way higher or way lower than what you? There had? was one. I know that there's one player is. I had higher than you did, but okay. not much higher. So yes, go to the athletic right now. See my list. I broke it down, wrote graphs on each guy, why I had him there, their value, what it mean, what they'll mean to the organization going forward, and why I had him there. So yeah, go check that out. Compare it to Nick's. Um, and Nick, I'll tell yeah. you off when we're done how your list stacked up to mine. I think let me just throw this out there again, folks. I do not know anything. I just I know that James wrote the story. I do not know anything about the list. I will say my guess before reading it is you probably actually factored in Dennis Jr.'s potential long term impact on this team rather than me just kind of throwing him to the to the wolves because he's probably not going to be here. But anyways, no, you, I, you, I'm the I'm the one I'm also I've. I'm the one that also said when he they traded for him, he wouldn't be here. I know he's not going to be here. No, I know. Yeah. I just mean because you actually – whatever. Uh, he was not the one. You had more time to think about it. He was not the gotcha. one. Gotcha. Okay. Ooh, big Tyler Cook guy, I bet. Anyways, <laughs> I texted you, I don't think Josh Hart's coming here anymore. Yeah. And you said, why? Why do you think I that? Said, yeah, I was curious why Gil, you th- – Gil, Gil Benson's going to pay him. She's not cheap. They were within like $2.5 of the luxury this year. Yeah. So you give – Josh, uh, what's the mid-level? He probably around four for forty. They'll probably give him four for forty-four. Give him the old Wendy's. <laughs> and uh, you give you give Lonzo what? Because they have his bird rights. They can offer him a five-year deal. They still seem if iffy. On, yeah, they still seem iffy on the Lonzo thing. From are you giving him the, the Reggie Jackson special? Five for eighty-five. Was that five for was? <laughs> five for eighty? I don't know if anybody's signing five-year deals anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see how Would that you plays do it? out. You're David Griffin. Um, I like Lonzo a lot. I think he complements the two stars as a pass-first point guard who can knock down the three ball and who plays deep. I would lock Lonzo up long term. I don't know. I don't want to get into years. I don't know four or five, whatever, whatever the four. Yes, I would do five. I'd be like, eh, depends on the money. Yes, I like Lonzo. I think he fits well with what they're doing. I think the annoying thing about like when we as soon as this season ends and the draft's done and we got to do a free agency special, I am going to be miserable. I have tried three different times in the last two days to compile a list of guys that I want to throw at you, and I don't care about anyone this summer. I'm gonna, period. And I don't think the Pistons do either. Oh, just I just trade. For just flip the roster again. I don't know. Do something. I still. To like I'm make starting it, to feel more like Corey Joseph actually like gets paid his twelve sense. million. 
it and comes it back. makes sense. We've we talked about it with Nikias, which by the way, great episode. I hope people yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, that was that. fun. Um, we talked about it with Nikias. Great, like stealth tank guy. He's been super efficient. He's like he always makes the right play. And people don't like watching him play because he's not Killian because he's not Saban, and it pisses me off. That's, he's yeah. freaking good. It's the same thing with Mason Plumlee. I'm sorry that you don't like watching Mason Plumlee play because yeah, sometimes he's kind of crap defensively, but the dude offensively is like a top three passer on the team yeah and that's fun no he has He's fun moments yeah, he has fun moments i get again it goes back to fandom you latch onto a young guy you want him you just want to see more of him and i i just yeah i'm curious about next year i wonder i wonder if isaiah starts next year i don't think it happens next, this year next year is when i'm going to start to lose my patience because it it the honeymoon of all oh, this team is so cute is going to wear off but I wonder if oh, well, I wonder how much because if Cade's here, if Mobley's here, if Jalen Green is here, I think next year will be more fun for fans than if uh, assuming they get Cade, Mobley, or Green. If, assume, all right, assuming they get a top five pick, sure. I think next year will be more fun for fans than this year because one, I think they'll be able to be in the building. Two, I think the young core will be fully intact, and mm. I think some of the young guys have established themselves um, as guys that are going to play right away. They don't need too much nurturing uh, as they did to start the year this season. I want to, I want to point out that I believe we have two members of the team uh, that participate in Ramadan and Hakeem Olajuwon was statistically better when he fasted. So I just want to throw out there that people should uh, keep an eye out on Seku. I don't know. He's, maybe he's going to maybe bust out for a 25 and 25 game. The old Kevin love the 32 and the 30 and 30 game. You're good at the old insert the old Wendy's, the old you do that. You're you're nice with oh, those. The old, like like the old Reggie Jackson. The special old Reggie Jackson. Yeah. yeah, you're good at those. Yeah, um, I did. I, listen, I don't want to put anybody on blast. I saw one of the dumbest points I've ever seen in my life, and I don't mean any disrespect, but and I I should probably pull it up verbatim, but it was something to the effect of, I would like to see Detroit not draft in the top five and win more games so that the young guys have something to build off of and, like, they have confidence and momentum. What the hell? Yeah, I saw, no. I saw you reply to that tweet. Oh, my – I would rather – what I said was I would rather have Cade Cunningham than pick seventh. Am I, <laughs> am I dumb? Am I wrong? Like, I, these guys know what they are. I think that they gentleman – know that they're not bad. I think that gentleman is be, – believes that – what the Pistons need is in-house. If I'm just playing devil's advocate and that with development, they will get the missing piece that they need. I will argue that until shown otherwise, the Pistons need a guy who can be a best of the best perimeter creator score. And that person is in the draft. I'll play devil's advocate back to you on that same point. If you think this team is well-equipped to actually be pretty decent in a few years. Great. Wouldn't you like to have them plus Cade freaking Cunningham? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, of course I agree with you. Yes. I was just trying to be nice in case he's a listener. And he has, I, so he has somebody on our side, on his side. I'm sorry. That's a dumb point. <laughs> I'm so I Again, I do not mean any disrespect, but that is stupid. Like, would you – if you, it would be like if like losing out on the – I don't want to – never mind. All right, James, uh, we are at the end of the episode. We are. Uh, we actually are. Hmm. That's weird. Usually when we say <laughs> <laughs> Usually I say it twenty minutes. Yeah, like at episode. episode forty when we both know damn well we're going another twenty minutes. Yeah. I'm like uh I, I'm like, all right, we gotta wrap up soon and you're like, we don't though. Yeah. I yeah. Um I don't know that I have any story times. Here's a story time. I'm tired of James telling me about people that I like that he has conversations with and then he lies about what was said. Like, yeah, they said you're really cool and they love the show and like they love your Jaden Smith picks uh, for albums and stuff like Don't that. Don't say like, who it I'm was. I'm not going to say who it was. Yeah. I will never say who it actually was. Um, but that stuff always really bothers me. James will just get my hopes up and he thinks it's funny and it's not. I I thought you knew it would be a joke, but I guess not. No, I know, no, no, knowing you, the, I should have known. Because the first half of your text... You said they said blah blah blah, and the first half of it seemed really real. Also, they love your Jaden Smith album picks, and I was like, okay, so he's kidding, and I did not appreciate that. Um, all right, I joke, uh, I joke, I kid, I kid. Uh, albums? Album picks, yeah, uh, number twelve. Oh, we're doing Jaden, that still. I had a different one yeah. that I was just gonna pick. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna go with 
Haram, Haram, H-A-R-A-M, an album by a group by the name of Armand Hammer, like Armand Hammer, but Armand Hammer, A-R-M-A-N-D space Hammer. Um, it's a group that consists of two rappers named Billy Woods and Elucid. Uh, Haram is produced entirely by The Alchemist. Um, mm. If you're into like, yeah, if you're into grimy rap, this is it. They got the the joint. I think it's the first track, if I if I'm not mistaken, with Earl Sweatshirt. Um, is that the first song? No, Sir Benny Miles is the first song, which is fire. But they have Earl Sweatshirts featured on here. He has a dope verse. Uh, a bunch of under. If you're if you're in the underground world and you know Quelle Chris, who's from Detroit, um, he's he's super dope. But yeah, Armand Hammer Haram. If you're not into like grimy. And it's not like the production is just like it's alchemist. So like sometimes there's drums, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just rapping over a crazy sample. But it's just like it's back. Like if you've got your backpack on and you're walking and you want to like, yo, you just want to kick some bars in your head. Like that's what it is. <laughs> uh, did you see the tweet about the um, the seven-year-old dudes that British drill? track did you see that no i'll have to send it to you it was the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life they, who was at the game who was at the were uh they rapping was, yeah well it's drill music of course but they were who rapping the, like their own music or they, it was a music yeah group? no they were rapping they had like they had bars oh okay i saw a video where these two uh british drill rappers they're the rappers but their music videos had two old white guys doing their rap verse Oh, wait, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, then. my boy's into the uh, UK drill, and he gotcha. sent me that video. I, those older guys were rapping the rapper's verse. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha, okay. Um, who was at the game the other night, Pistons game? It was some rapper. I don't remember who it was. It was Detroit's own. I don't remember who it was. There's so many random Detroit's own artists that we all look at each other. Do you know who that is? And we say no. I, I remember there was one. I texted you, and I was like, do you know who this guy is? Literally <laughs> every single one. Like, we'll all just look at we all look at Amari because he's more in tune with like the sure. newer stuff, I guess. Sure. Um, and he even doesn't know sometimes. He'll know like a name. I tried to engage Omari with some Tame Impala talk, and he said something that made me sad that I disagreed with. He's like, I don't really like his new stuff. I was like, boo, Omari, boo. Also, uh, final update before we sign off. I want everybody to know James' package got here. He actually yeah. did go to UPS. I did get the shirt. Um, You're not wearing it. it I'm not wearing it. I actually forgot and while we were recording. I yeah, um, I almost accidentally wore it to work because it looks a lot like my work shirt. So I accidentally <laughs> almost wore that. The bun and cardigan. It, don't get it confused with friends. With the with the wallet. Okay, sure. Yeah, at the with the friends experience. How you doing on the the? Anyways, <laughs> alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. We will be having far, shirts this summer. Yeah, people ask about that. Sit tight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. James, remember you have to be loud because this in- this outro is about to be loud. I'm very interested to hear what it what, what you did with the outro track this week. We will catch you guys. I made some heat. I was ready if you want. In the next one. Peace. <laughs>